I want people to feel like they are connected in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I like that. This is a production of Zoomix Radio. Okay, so Zoomix Radio is important because que ofrece espacios para diálogo y escuchar diferentes voces. Esta es una producción de Zoomix Radio. We are a community station powered by youth. Welcome to Beyond the Bracket. We finally made it to episode five, and we keep churning out great stuff. And I'm genuinely just so pleased that people keep coming on this show and doing great stuff and having fun with me and meeting Ike. Every guest just as a good FYI. If you're on the show, you'll probably get to meet my dog, Ike. So please, please tune in and stop by. Uh, for those who have never tuned in before, we are and primarily an interview highlighting the amazing players of the Boston fighting game community and really trying to find out who these people are when they're not in front of the screen, mashing out their crush counter buttons, learning their set play, and getting salty on Twitter. And me, I'm your host, Ramzel, or Rambam, whatever you want to call me. I'm not going to find you and hunt you down if you say something else. And... I'm super pleased to have an amazing person on our show today. He is probably our best player playing Street Fighter here in Boston, and I probably would never touch him in a million years, even if I tried to practice this game. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. How do you feel, buddy? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I'm Nick, uh, otherwise known as Burkish in the the fighting game community. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling good. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed... uh, listening to these these past few episodes so very happy and i'm very happy to meet your dog um he's a good boy he's a great boy yeah i know and maybe i'll I'll meet your your cat pocket sometimes sure we'll make it happen we'll make it happen maybe we'll we'll have a little trifecta of me you nunches exactly we'll see how i I, i'm not sure how he he met one cat before and how did that go he was still a puppy, so he was, and this cat named Lefty was, you know, old cat and kind of a little curmudgeon-y, like friendly, but a little curmudgeon towards Ike, so uh, Lefty kind of was like manhandling Ike. Okay, so la- all right, last night I was Googling pictures of beagles, you know, like as you do. Yeah, and... you know, I do that like once a month. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then, so like on the refined search, one of the things said corgi, so I was like, okay, now I'll get pictures of corgis. No. But actually, it gave me pictures of beagle corgi mixes. Okay. And like, I don't know if I have a bucket list, but like- That's on it? It's on. I need to get one of those beagle corgi mixes. Oh my goodness. There's something about like, you get like big dogs and breed them with small dogs and they create some really cute and sometimes freaky things. Yeah, some of the pictures are really creepy. Uh, I think I saw a, a a corgi mixed with no it was a dachshund mixed with like a a pit bull and oh so you God. think like hot dog with like huge pit bull head it was really <laughs> freaky uh so some of them some of them were cute successes some of them are just you know that's just yeah, nature like at mad work. scientists yeah like, didn't work out <laughs> yeah exactly I, mean, I, I learned that that's what unfortunately like a lot of breeding was kind of to create some of these breeds um it's just a lot of breeders over the years just creating they're just trying stuff until they like find this animal yeah. and then they kind of like inbreed it, which right. is oh, kind of yeah. yeah, it's kind of freaky. Um, real family stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is real family hours. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Burkish. I like I said, you're a ridiculously good Street Fighter player. You you have like the coolest medal ever that I I will never reach is that you won NEC 18, right? Which was yeah. two years ago. Yeah, or a year. It's, it's coming out. It's been like a, probably like a year and a half. Year and a half now, which, uh, you know, like New York players love claiming wins. You know, whenever like someone from like loosely related to it, they're like, "Yeah, thank you for winning that for New York." Um, so we're gonna claim that. Thank you for winning that for Boston. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I know that 
you put in a lot of hard work to make that happen. And um, one, just congratulations. Even though it's like a year and a half apart, I think oh, that's man. still... Yeah. It's still like a really dope moment to like have that like on your your resume. Like I cooked some people. Yeah, man. I'll I'll be sixty years old and I'll still like yeah NEC eighteen man. Yeah, I'll still be talking about peak it. of my career. <laughs> you never was able to get past that. Nice. So, but you also <laughs> even more impressive. You recently won uh, a local bracket and won some free tickets to go see a Devil May Cry concert. I did. So two things. First of all, um, who'd you bring with you? I brought Nell Bomb. Nell Bomb. Nice. And second. How was the concert? The concert was great. So, like, as you know, as much as I love music, I haven't really been to that many live concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this concert was great because uh, the band performing was really into it. Like, you could tell they were like passionate about it. Right. And their singer sounded exactly like Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. And but a, oh. but Axl Rose is not this actual singer in all the Devil May Cry music, right? In Devil May Cry, no, he's just Guns N' Roses. Yeah, okay, I was yeah, making yeah. sure. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm just. It was just like a, tra- a trait about this guy. Gotcha. This guy sounded exactly like Axl Rose. Uh huh. And I was telling uh, Peter uh, from Balance Patch. He also went because he's the one that gave me the tickets for winning the bracket. Oh, sweet. And um, me and him are both fans of Guns N' Roses. Nice. And so uh, I was like, Yo, Peter, this guy sounds exactly like Guns N' Roses. And like the second I said that, he starts playing Paradise City. Like, <laughs> it was all video game music, and then Paradise City or whatever, like Sweet Child of Mine or something. Like, like wait, that. the band started playing. The band started what like okay this, it was like on cue i was like he sounds exactly like axel rose and, and it was then, like oh my god <laughs> like that's <on> cue. <laughs> that's kind of amazing nice and yeah. i guess in general you you're are you a huge like devil may cry fan no but like i i thought it was cool like it's like free concert tickets and yeah. the thing is Nelbaum was a big devil may cry fan so i was like <laughs> if i'm gonna go with someone i want to go with somebody that understands the music right um but they did play i forget the name oh what is it like supersonic highway from sonic like, okay, so they're playing a bunch of like video games. They played game. a bunch of video game music. They played the theme of Street Fighter V. Oh, that's which, which, was really which cool. one? The the, the it's kind of hard. It's like dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna It's not not the yeah. is it the like the menu menu theme? The main menu theme. They okay, the, they made the yeah that one. That's that's impressive. They they have like a like a wide ranging discussion. Any other like cool selection that they made? Uh, they played like a bunch of stuff that like people that w- would really appreciate it like if they were into it, which I just didn't know. Like Persona, like if you, someone was really into Persona, like the crowd was going crazy for this like Persona music. Because oh. like apparently Persona won like an award for like the best music, yeah, like best music in a game, and um, the crowd was going crazy over that. Yeah, and, I only know um, that one song. Um, couldn't see it coming. You, you didn't see. It. I never played it, but there's like that one song that like <laughs> it actually slaps, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. Um, nice. That's really cool. Um, are you in general? You you're like a Guns N' Roses, but are you like a video, like some people are really into video game soundtracks. Do you find yourself like playing a game and looking for the soundtrack and like adding it to your playlist at all? Um, It depends. Like I really like it when a game's soundtrack like just goes perfectly with the game. Mm -hmm. Like that's why like I love Guilty Gear's soundtrack. Oh yeah. Like hard rock. Yeah. Oh man. I listen to that like the whole thing on repeat. It's so good. It is. It is a perfect, like you think of the aesthetic of like. Even the fact that I even say let's rock every time you're about to like start a match yeah, and you're like it has like dude. this like intense like in your face oh, kind of no, I'm aesthetic. I'm going to listen to that when I get home. Yeah, it's definitely like a perfect fit. I recently started playing my friend put me onto this game called Astroneer and cool. it's kind of like a kind of like Minecraft and like mixed with like No Man's Sky if you were like thinking like space exploration but also like a lot of crafting and like exploring like this open sandbox world but the music just like hit perfectly cuz you yeah. think you're like on this empty planet there's nobody there except for you and like plants and like mountains and nothing and like you're by yourself and it just they choose to like 
use the most perfect like ambient music to just like draw you in it it, it slowly builds and it crescendos and like when you're like in like some car driving like across these like like long planes the music builds up more oh and you're like god. i'm what? like oh my god this is so perfect you're, you're selling me on this right now yeah it's such a it's such a cool cool vibe to like have music that fits so perfectly with the yeah. vibe of the of the game to like really draw you in are there any other games that you like know you love their soundtracks oh uh god of war Oh yeah, uh, that's probably like, probably one of, like my favorite game, like the new one. Well, I love the old ones too. Yeah, but, like the new one is just one of the, my favorite games that I've ever played. Yeah, and I love like if Kratos does something, then it'll be like bum bum bum. That's like his theme. <laughs> yeah, so, like every time he does something, it plays like his theme. Right, and it's just so perfect. That is pretty sweet. Um, and it's by uh, the person who composed it is Bear McCreary, who's mm-hmm. like I love everything he does. Like he worked on The Walking Dead, and he worked on oh. sh- my favorite show, Black Sails. Okay, and like he just makes the best soundtracks. Like I've never been disappointed by that guy. That's really cool when you time. get like people from like the non-video game world to get yeah. pulled into the, like. Like when I heard like I was already super excited for God of War, and they're like, "All right, time to announce the composer. It's Bear McCree." I'm like, "What? Like are they just trying to make this game just for me?" Yeah, like, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they're in that game. I didn't get to play because I I, don't, I haven't played God of War since number two. I didn't right. get to play three. Maybe I did play three. I didn't. I didn't. But that one looked like ridiculous. I was like, wow, this looks really good. Yeah. And they like pulled out like all the stops, like getting world renowned composers mm-hmm. and things like that. That's pretty cool. Um, sweet. So I also, like I told you earlier, I've been like digging through your okay. Twitter account, you know, trying to find some, some nuggets about your life because, sure. you know, aside from being like, a lord at Street Fighter Five, you're also just like a person who's like doing cool stuff. Sure. And you're also apparently, I saw this that you recently went, not recently, a little while ago, and I just want to know about your experience if you ever went again to one of my favorite ramen bars, which is Yume Wokatare. Oh, I did. How did you do? <laughs> how did you do over there? I did terrible. <laughs> you did terrible. I got okay. I can you remind me of what the grading scale is? So you have your next time when you just like completely bomb, like you got perfect, like it's like reverse perfect, like you just yeah. you just got cooked. <laughs> then there's an almost when you like eat some stuff, you eat like some like most of the noodles are like you eat like mo- like all the pork but like leave some noodles and then you there's the good job when you eat like all of everything but you leave all the broth and then there's a perfect when you finish everything including the broth i got an almost okay that's now, not i'm bad. a small person it's kind of hard for me to eat all that stuff that is like, fair it's a lot of noodles man it's a lot of noodles. but i was still embarrassed nonetheless that is okay who did you go with i went with Who's this Draken? Draken and Hanny, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah that is, it's definitely an embarrassing moment when you bring your when a friend brings you to that and they just like flop in front of you. You're like, I swear. And the I thing can't. about it is like Draken's like a, a bottomless pit. Yes, he like, is. He will eat and eat and eat and eat. I brought him to my house once. And I forgot what we were eating, but he just like kept eating and was like, oh, yeah, that's what he does. Nice, dude. But that's like super awesome. Like, and he's like su- su- uh, still super skinny. Yeah, right. He still has like, you know, he's keeping ma- maintaining his weight somehow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he just like eats once, maybe like a week. And <laughs> but that, when that's he does, what we see or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he he only eats to show us like yeah. how much he can eat. Yeah, that's pretty goofy. Yeah, I I brought a friend over there as well, and. It was just like his last time, like he was like moving back to Holland and I was like, oh, you've been here for like a year and you've never been to Yume? He's like, no, I love to eat. He's like, he's like, I'm a big eater. I love eating. I'm like, cool, then let's go here. I showed him the picture like of the ramen bowls. Like it's like huge stack, like noodles, pork, fat, bean sprouts, cabbage. Like it's just like all you would want, like the most fatty meal. And he's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. I'm really about this. I brought him over there flopped like worse oh, no. like worse than an almost like a next time like noodles really? everywhere he i 
I was just shocked that he <laughs> was so embarrassed. And like, I, was I like, trusted you. Yeah, I was like, I trusted you, man, to like not embarrass me in front of my family here, <laughs> and here you are dishonoring me. And it was, it was a big shame to see that. I, one thing I like about that place is like the classroom aesthetic. That oh yeah, and that you have to what are they like share a dream? Like you have a little thing that says like I have a dream. Yeah, yeah. And um, I forget what I said for mine. I was like, I think, <laughs> I think I was like, I just want to like exercise more because it was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to like exercise. I was like being lazy or something. But like people share some really cool stuff. Like one guy was like, yeah, I want to perfect my like spaghetti recipe. And I'm like, right. It's like, that's dope, man. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's a cook and people. Yeah. yeah. I saw people like share things about, um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, my re- most recent one was just like, I wanted to perform more music because I've been like so involved here at Zoomix teaching primarily. Like, I kind of forgot what it's like to perform. So I'm hoping this year I get to perform more. If you had just finished your, like, fattest bowl of ramen, you got, you got like, the five-piece pork, you know, like, the Buddha. Like oh, you, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you got it perfect, and you're feeling really good about it. You think, I can accomplish anything right uh-huh. now. What would be your dream at this moment? What would be my dream at this moment? Man, I have no idea. No idea? Not even, like, um, a loose dream? Like, I, I thought about this once in my life. Um... I don't know. I don't really have like a dream. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just trying to like keep going. Yeah, I just make <laughs> I just, it. I just like go forward. I don't really think. I just keep going. Sounds like a Urian player to me. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I guess in general, like I'm always trying to like evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't really have set goals because I feel like that's a one way road to depression. Um, okay. Because if you're, like... just, you're not going to always accomplish them. Right. Um, I hear you. But so if like, you know what, if I just keep every day, keep improving mm-hmm. a little bit at whatever the hell you doing and uh mm-hmm. i don't know i guess I, that's just the way i look at it I, I appreciate that mentality you're not really um yeah you're just living day by day kind of just making sm- small incremental improvements as long as you're doing better than yesterday then yeah exactly that's, that's the way all. i look at it I, I i appreciate that mentality and in the in the scope of just doing things a little bit every you know doing things better each and every day you also recently uh, got a new job and you're like feeling yourself right now. How's that transition been in your life? You were like able to like nail this new position. You killed the interview <laughs> and now you're here as a new man of the workforce. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's been going really, going really great. I'm really enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. I work for like a tech startup uh, nice. in Cambridge. What's, um, what's the name of them? It's called Kogo Labs. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I work as like a data analyst. That's a, um, that's a fat title. It's a fat title. Yeah. Um, and it's really dope. Like all my, my bosses are really cool. Like I told one of my bosses I was going on the show and he was like, dude, like I want to listen. So hi, hi Christian, if you're listening. There it is. Um, yeah. And so like the, the work environment's really dope. Like everybody there is super nice and like the work is, uh, challenging and that's kind of what I wanted. Um, cause like I'm doing this as like an internship and then I have to go back to the grind of class. Oh yeah. Very sooner than I would have hoped, but right. Yeah, it's great. You know, that's why I love to have these opportunities to like actually work. And mm-hmm. so that way when I come out of college, I'm not just like, hey, I got a good grade on this test. So like, right. No, I actually, you know, I actually did. What cool school stuff. do you go to? I go to Wentworth. Wentworth. Okay. So is it like part of, that's part of their. Yeah. That's like their thing is like they do the co-ops. That's like the main reason people go there. Cause like you go there and they're like, you're going to get a job at some point during right. school and they help you get it mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent. Um, yeah. And it's just, I, I got to say, like, I don't miss school at all. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel you. I haven't been in school. I never had to finish college. And I thought about going back and I don't think I can. I thought, really thought about it. I, some, I do like the classroom environment, but being stuck for like three, four years in this one thing. I get you. Yeah. it's I, It gets tiring, man. Yeah. You get so sick of it. I, I like working because I, I get to like make impacts on 
things, you exactly. know, make some like tangible progress rather than like you got this grade and this grade amounts to maybe like a GPA and that's it. No, it's cool. But like, but I think one thing that's cool is like, especially with my school is like since the class, the class sizes are really small in my school. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get to like build a relationship like oh, with nice. your professor. Mm-hmm. So like I'm really close to one of my pro- uh, professors and like me and her actually like work together um, on like, cause there was one point where I had to make um, like a curriculum for like teaching kids. And so, like, she w- helped me collaborate, and I would, like, send it to her. I'd be like, is this okay? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's, it's kind of nice that, like, you kind of get to have that relationship, um, which is something that, like, a lot of colleges don't have. I feel right, like, Because yeah. it's not, like... When yeah, like, you think of, like, UMass Boston, enormous school. Yeah, or, like, the enormous, yeah. like, you think of that enormous lecture hall where some guy's, like, projecting to, like, 100 people. Right, they need, like, a microphone yeah, to, like, everyone exactly. to hear. like, Jordan Peterson or something like that. No, <laughs> but, um... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, um... Yeah, so it's not really like that at Wentworth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like more close knit, which is something I, I enjoy. I, I did take a couple tours of that campus, like in oh, high school. You? I was like thinking about going to it. Did you major in music? I did. I I did like a. I only did a semester, and I I was majoring in like music performance, and then I then I just switched, and I was like, I'm gonna do like economics, and then after that, I was like, all right, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know the rest is history. Then I got just more into like teaching and youth development stuff, and that's been kind of why. But now I'm sort of switching into like more of like a uh like web development sort of mindset and that's what's sort of been really cool just doing that are you messing with a lot like with html and css stuff all that stuff oh yeah. man i all, do all. not envy you what? i hate it you hate it oh i I mainly goof around with like javascript stuff and okay. that's that I me mean, but it's all it's all related on the front end side but um i, I just feel like i remember like um you ever do like a hackathon no well i did um to so me and my college roommates did a hackathon once mm-hmm. and uh one thing was like my roommate she wanted to make a website for her aunt because her aunt has a nail salon uh-huh. and so she's like all right this is what we're gonna do for a hackathon we're gonna build this site for my aunt i was like okay i got no better ideas <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um and so like we had to do the whole thing like you know the html and all that yeah. stuff and i hated it more than anything in my entire oh, life bummer because like you move one thing you move like one set of words down you hit the enter button once and then suddenly that thing that was like sitting pretty up there that was unrelated to the code you just changed is now like on the bottom right of the screen for no reason that'll happen And ever since that i was just like I, it's hard to get me angry but like <laughs> i was ready to start throwing my laptop oh man. my god you're telling me like not getting like yapped out by a birdie player like not anger doesn't, no. even, doesn't even compare to doesn't html doesn't compare to html jeez man. that is a hard statement all right but we also hadn't slept so that was part of it oh yeah because like usually like 24 hours yeah. straight of like <laughs> just junk all right yeah that's that's very fair um also recently that happened uh was pax this past weekend were you able to attend it at all nope no not at all even after your like awesome experience that one year didn't go. Didn't go. I Why? wanted to play Samurai Showdown, but I didn't go. Uh, I was, you know, I was kind of under the weather that weekend. Gotcha. Just kinda, just wasn't really up for it. Gotcha. That's okay. Yeah. Are you are you the type of person to like be willing to stand in line for an hour for that like juicy five minutes of game time? No. No, not at all. I would. No. I no. don't care enough. Yeah. I'm more just like, yeah, like give me when like everybody's leaving, I'll just play one round of Samurai Showdown. That was like my original idea. That was the only reason I even wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But um, it looks cool. It does look cool. Um, but I guess it's just like, it is cool. But it's like I am not like super sad that I missed it or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's impressive that like that stuff sells out like in a minute, and you're like, cool. Now I have to pay twice as much to get a ticket. Yeah. Or hopefully, or some, you could just walk in. Or you can just walk in. You you didn't hear it here, folks. But you no, can you usually just here. walk in. You usually can. Uh, yeah. I think I have friends who just walked in. I mean, the thing is, is like, okay, so I went the past two years and um. I like I and I bought pass. Well, one of the year I was invited, and then, mm-hmm. then the next year I actually bought passes. Mm-hmm. And I think within those two years, I got 
my pass got checked like once or twice out of yeah. like the 20 times I went in and out of the hall. Yeah. Um, so you didn't hear it here, but, uh, yeah, you maybe can, you should consider that. You just be ready to wait in the outside line for about an hour. Yeah, definitely. And then maybe you'll get in, maybe not. Maybe not. You just, you know, you just try your luck. Yeah. And if you get in, you'll have to wait another hour to touch, you know, the hottest yeah, new game. Yeah, that, that was the most annoying stuff. Like, you'd wait an hour to, to play some game, and it's like, the game's not even good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone's I mean? hyping it, like, yo, you gotta play this game, you gotta play this yeah, game. Yeah, like, you got these people that are, like, super jacked and, like, wearing t-shirts with necklaces, and they're like, yo, you gotta check out our game. And then it's like, we've waited an hour, and it's just, like, some stupid Predator game where, like, the controls don't even work. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's like what? I've seen this game a million times, and it's like, there's nothing interesting. And it's right. like, but it's just, it's the whole spectacle of it, you know? Like, they, they have the poster, and it's like, Predator. And, yeah, know, yeah. Like whatever it, it there's definitely a huge spectacle when it comes to to packs in terms of you know all the boost the free swag the everything oh, yeah, it's i'm i'm kind of a sucker for but i'm just i'm just not a sucker for the the line waiting i just want to like sit well, down did you go to packs i did not go to packs. You didn't go to packs i went the one year that you were on stage for that for the street fighter 5 college thing oh yeah, yeah. Um, and i got free passes that year because actually our zoom board president had passes for his son and then his son couldn't go anymore oh I was man like, I'll take those <laughs> for free. And so I got to go, yeah, for, for Saturday, Sunday for free. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll experience this. And what did you think of it? Wait, what, what year was this? How many years ago? I mean, you tell me. You, what year did you oh, have? This was, oh, this was two years ago. Yeah, this was two years ago. Okay, yeah, two years ago I went. I, I thought it was cool. I think, yeah, it's just the line waiting. And then I was like, all right, maybe there's going to be a lot of people here. And then there's a Mar- Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 tournament there. I was like, that's going to oh, be fun. Okay. Did you win? No, because they... Because you know how casual, when casual and competitive mix, oh, it's okay. rule sets change. Oh, like no arcade stick was yes. that one of the ar- yes, <laughs> that was one of the rules. So I had my hitbox ready. I was playing casual all day. Wait, they allowed that? No. Oh, okay. I no, you're gonna say they they didn't allow a fight stick, but they allowed hitbox. No, no okay. yeah, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd make all the hitbox hater extra mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I had my hitbox there because I was like playing casual with other people, and then they're like, "Yeah, tournament starting. Single limb, two out of three. Uh, uh, pads only." And I was like, "What?" I just don't understand. That I I got so frustrated, and I lost to uh, Eduardo, who's like an old Marvel three head here. He and he used to cook everybody, and he played on pads, so he was extra comfortable. Just like legs crossed, just like, hey, what's up, dudes? I'm back. <laughs> we haven't seen him in like a year or two because he got married, and then just came back, just cooked me. Just I was like, back. all right, fine. He was playing Phoenix too, and I was like, thank oh you. Oh my god! Yeah, like I, I was playing like my old team that used to play on when I played on pad, and it was a low tier team. I was like, yeah. all right, I see if I can still remember how to play this. I got cooked, and then I think Dan Camilli cooked me the second round. What was it, single M? No, I think it was double M. But then Dan Camilli cooked me, and then it was just not. I was not happy. But there was another one this year. There's another Marvel tournament. Yeah, surprisingly, well, I think they do tournaments for everything usually, and I'm hoping that they change the rules. Yeah, I hope so too. I think they didn't. Someone complain that year that like, why not? Well, okay. When I I didn't end up entering the Street Fighter tournament when I went two years ago, mm-hmm. but there was the similar rule actually, where there were like no fight sticks. Yeah, and everybody was kind of just like no. Yeah, and so they were like, okay. They kind of they kind of caved. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, when you think of like an, an entire convention full of gamers, and you're just like, we're only going to cater to this one community of like people who don't really play the game. And there's like tw- like a majority of them are all people there who came to play other people that are like competitive. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna like make sure like Jonathan over here who's never played Street Fighter. Yeah, feels that's so like cupcake generation. You know, and it's just I like I it's just like a weird mentality when you think of like you're like a, a huge gaming like thing you should have like perspective of everyone like 
you'd think that like they like understand where everyone's coming from and then to say that like using an arcade stick is like cheating i'm like uh, <laughs> like there are companies here selling arcade sticks <laughs> like i don't get it hey, i just bought this new arcade stick 200 bucks yeah can't use it sorry about sorry that. it just um, it yeah. makes no sense to me anyways, <laughs> anyways we're gonna we're gonna move on from packs it's a cool time it but cool time. you know it is it is what it is but the last thing i found when uh exploring your life is okay. i think i'm gonna assume this was someone trying to holler at you on tinder maybe was it oh my god <laughs> are we actually talking about this you were right talking about it because i think i was just <laughs> baffled at like this person's approach to like you know i'm like all right yo nick's nick's a, nick's a cool guy handsome guy he's gonna you know see what happened this person comes at you with the hey i wanted to pick nick and you're like what <laughs> i you want to you want to go on a picnic and you're like no i wanted to pick you nick and then, like, cue the, like, snare roll, like, the ba I mean, that was the best pickup line someone's ever used on me before. Right. I mean, I can't, like, how do you top that? You don't. It was catered to my name. Right. You don't really do that. Um, did I you mean, Did you keep talking to this person? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was a funny pickup line. It was a funny pickup line. Have you had any worse or experience than, or more worse experiences than that person? On Tinder? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how it is. Um, I don't. I've never been on Tinder. Never I've, I've only, ha- I've only heard experiences. It. I mean, um, I don't really use it anymore. Yeah. But there was a time where I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, no. I mean, I mean, there's no, like, uh, disaster stories, mm-hmm. I would say. Gotcha. Um, it's just, like, kind of like you, if you talk to someone, if they're not interested, you, they, you move on. You move on, you know. Um, I guess that's a low-stress situation. But um, here, if you want to, okay, you want actually for me to be like revealing. Um, Don't be too too. I'm not gonna be revealing. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is nothing bad. Um, I okay. So I recently have been interested in K-pop. Cool. Um, be like yeah. BTS and yeah, all that. Like BTS. Yeah, yeah. And, like, students I can't, love BTS here. Yeah, and like I don't know why. Like I can't stop. I was because I was gonna say like um, I matched with one person on Tinder who liked BTS, and we were just like talking about that. But like yeah, so like. It's like high school all over again. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like, and I don't know why. Like, I just like, I like them. You know? Yeah, they're that's just, cool. I just think they're cool. That's not, I wouldn't say that's a disaster. You found a, a common ground with someone and you're able to connect on that. I guess that's the beauty of Tinder, right? Yeah, I guess so, man. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I would have never pegged you as a, as a BTS fan. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. Growing up, I was all like rock and roll, metal. And you know, I, Devil May Cry music. Yeah, and now I'm listening to little boys. Uh, well, they're not little boys. Yeah, they're like, they're like adults. They're adults, yeah. Yeah. Just catered to younger yeah, people. They're definitely and they're catered mainly to girls too. Yeah, but that like, tends to be the thing with pop. Music. I don't know. I just think it's cool. Like they have the whole thing. Like if you like, when I listened to them, like from their YouTube videos, I I was like, this is stupid. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But the thing that sold me was like I was just like watching like you know like those talk shows mm-hmm. and they perform like the live performances mm-hmm. and they do like the whole dancing and everything like that and like when you put it all together, it's like they're really talented. Yeah, which you I just kinda, like, I just respect that. You, you know? think of like, um. Like old school, like Back Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, like that's like just like the same like boy band stuff that is just like translates to like different yeah different eras. And actually, what's crazy, I learned back when that whole like boy band era was like really coming up, like the whole pop like early like early two thousands, late nineties. There's one guy. There was like actually one music producer that was coming from, I think Korea, that was coming to America to make the music for them. Actually, no, that was, it was Sweden. But then as they were bubbling up. Korea had their own system for like 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 a handbook of like how to craft the perfect boy band and they oh, have really? it down to a science like really? there's a there's a record label that and it's also a little like kind of freaky like in terms of like all the stuff they they do but cuz it's like also kind of like controlling a little bit it is. in terms of uh what they can and can't say 
mm-hmm. and like who they can interact with but they have like a handbook on how to create like the boy band group to make like millions of hits and it's kind of freaky but i think it works it works because like <laughs> they're like hugely successful and they've they've made a bunch of bunch of them yeah i think the thing that's interesting is like they 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 base it like a lot on like well like different things like Mm -hmm. like one dude in that band like they just saw him like on a farm and they're like you're joining bts oh really (laughs) because they're like you look hot you know what i mean yeah that's that's their criteria yeah like the singing don't worry we'll 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 tune you up you'll be okay Yeah, exactly it's like we'll teach you yeah it's just like that theory with like the beatles how uh what was one of the beatles that one of the beatles died and they found his exact doppelganger did you hear about this theory? Oh, that John, that, or like Paul, no, is it, uh, who is it? Not John Lennon. That like, one no. of them, yeah, one of them died and they say he's actually not dead. Yeah, well, well, no, no, no. One of them, the theory was that um, he died, but nobody knew it. And they had this contest to find the people that looked exactly like the Beatles. And they were like, we found the guy that looked exactly like whichever one died. It was a gringo. I don't, I don't know. No, he's not. Gringo. 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 Yeah, the white guy. <laughs> I meant Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay, no. So um, they, they, <laughs> they hosted like a competition to find the exact doppelgangers of the Beatles. Because mm-hmm. this is when they were bigger than Jesus. Right. Um, and so, like, they found the people that looked exactly like him. And the theory was that one of the guys died, mm-hmm. and they replaced him with his um, doppelganger. Doppelganger. And if you look at the Abbey Road uh, album cover, there's like, and there's like a lot of theories from like that album cover and like the um, what, one of the other Sergeant something, uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper. Peppers. Yeah. There's like, there's like a ton of things. Like, like the hand of death is like over the person that's theoretically dead. Um, and then uh, in the Abbey Road one, the person that's theoretically dead is like off step compared to everybody else, like noticeably. And like you can zoom in on the license plate and it says like RIP or something, something like that. Uh, so there's like, are, this is a big like, uh, this goes deep, man. It goes deep. It's just, I mean, all I, hear, all I think about is just like a, like a, like a, like a CSI or like S like a law and order, like dun dun. Yeah. Kind of sound of it when I hear it. Yeah. Dick Wolf. Yeah. Is all, that's all I'm hearing. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So thank you for indulging me. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue our deep, deep dive on the life that is Burkish. Stay tuned, everybody. And now we are back with our final section of the day. You are listening to Beyond the Bracket. I am your host, Ramzel. And for those who are just tuning in, Beyond the Bracket is an interview show primarily highlighting the amazing players of the Boston fighting game community and learning who they are when they're not, you know, in front of the screen, mashing away and learning why they're getting cooked so badly and I'm here with our wonderful guest, Burkish, who has been a complete treat. How are you doing? We're almost out of, out of, out of here. Oh, man, I'm so sad. I know. We only have about 20 minutes left. So we're gonna can try I to just, like, hang out with Ike in, for the rest of the day? Like, Can uh, I just, like, move in with you? That's cool, right? Yeah, it's yeah. cool. You might have to start paying rent. Oh, but, okay. Oh, never mind. Uh, oh, actually, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. Teach yeah. me Street Fighter, maybe. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe. All right, so we're going to shift things a little bit. We were just kind of hamming it up early, but I do want to kind of bring things together and talk a little bit about you know, fighting games a little bit and see where your mind is at. And we spoke, I think I've heard you speak about it in the past that when it comes to getting better at Street Fighter V, you're not the type to really go into the lab and like figure out like solutions and things that you're a very mental player and that you think about bigger strategies and small adjustments that can then, you're, you're more observant of a person's tendencies and you try to, you know, maneuver around that rather than trying to, get in the lab and just figure things out. Um, why do you prefer this approach? Um, it's just, 
it's just more fun for me, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, and I still do go in the lab and like, because you have to figure out counters to stuff. You know, you mm-hmm. can't you can't win if you don't know how to punish things that mm-hmm. are punishable, right? right? But I guess in general, like the way I like to play is to just sort of like figure out how that person plays in mm-hmm. in every sort of way. Like, what do they do? Like, so that way you can sort of get like if you can understand a person well enough, you can sort of become them and predict what they're gonna do. Like, okay, if I was this person, I would do this. So it's basically just like I try to figure out like how that person plays like to a T basically. Mm-hmm. Um and like they're even like things down to like their personality and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. what is this what type of person? Like what would this person do in this situation? And then I base it all my decisions like completely off of that. Um, gotcha. So you don't you don't really have a game you have game plans going into my there but are character game plans, like you know, like if I'm playing my character Urian and I'm playing against Guile, I'll be like, okay, when he sonic booms, I'm gonna try to react and hit him with the knee. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like baseline for everybody, right? Right. But I think when it comes to like, you know, further strategy in terms of winning, like it's more about the player mm-hmm. than the character. Gotcha. Um, is what I think. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing that some people unfortunately get caught up on, that they're so focused on the character matchup and you know, you could be you could have a winning matchup but still get cooked by some low tier because they know you and they know your right. the, they know the player matchup way better because it's if, more it's like if you know the player matchup nothing else even matters. Yeah, cuz you think of, I think about someone like Justin Wong who when he played Marvel 3 played Wolverine, Storm, Akuma, which is like mid mid midest tier mm. team and he went up against people like Chris G playing Mora Doom Virgil Going against F Champ, playing Magdoom Phoenix, mm-hmm. playing against hundreds of zero d- zero may cry players, and he's just yep. playing Good off man. the like grid of like hard reads and understanding player tendencies, and cooks all of them. Bro, I remember <laughs> this was back when like I was like into Marvel. I remember remember when uh, the incoming mix up with Wolverine, where he could do I think it was a like, uh, what was like the claw, yeah, and uh, he could get a cross up. So like you would be incoming and you would do like the claw and it would hit like behind them. Oh yeah, drill claw, drill yeah. claw. I remember I saw that and I was like, this is the cheapest character in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then infinites happened and then yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he and then people start playing like more zoning based characters and they're like, oh, I guess Wolverine gets zoned out really badly. Yeah. Um, but something about Jay Wong just knows how to just like read an opponent and I I'm sure he like labs, but I think he definitely just watches a lot and kind of adjusts. He's a fundamentals based player. Yeah, yeah. And I really I really appreciate that approach, but. I wonder, do you, you said you mentioned that you do lab a little, you do labs, you have to figure out how to punish things. Yep. Um, I lab as, as much as I need to. As much as you need to, right? No more, no less. No more, I do no appreciate less, it. But yeah. do you feel like there's validity to the type of player who sees something and they need to just like mash it out in the lab before they can kind of really understand it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's, like there's really no uh, downside to mm-hmm. doing that. Um, I think, you know, if you're in the lab a lot, then you're just going to have more counters to more things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like, like I said, like I, I more play this way because I enjoy it. Um, right. But like if I feel like I'm missing like a punish on something, I'm going to go in the lab and, and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just like as a player, like I don't really have any like fancy like, oh, I practiced this particular punish in this particular situation 10 out like 10 million times like like Zafarino does or okay. something. Um, I focus more on generalities, um, which mm-hmm. is why I feel like Urian works really well for me. Right. Um, but I think like there's yeah like if you're a person that goes in the lab and punishes stuff, like you're gonna win games. You oh know yeah. What I mean like if you put in that work. Like, oh yeah, definitely. There's, there's no downside to doing. I'm it. definitely. Like maybe to a fault, I'm definitely the type of person to just like get cooked by someone, take it to the lab, figure out the situation, repeat the situation over and over again, and then eventually like for me like I need that muscle memory. I had to like yeah. get knocked in my head that like. If you're playing, learn to notice that situation and react properly. Yeah, I guess like the I guess one main difference between the way I play and I, maybe it's not a big difference is like instead of trying to punish situations, I try to just avoid them completely. 
basically. Right, yeah. Where, like, if I'm like, okay, I don't like this situation. I need to figure out how to not be in it, basically. Right. And that's what I base my strategy, like, on. So it's like, okay, at this distance, I get crush counter a lot. I'm just going to run away. Right. Um, you know, for for a Street Fighter player, you're talking a lot like a Marvel player. Yeah. That is, that is that, like, moving is keen. If you don't like a situation yeah. in Marvel 3, you get out of there. And that's why, like, if you watch my Urian, like, I'm, I'm like a bee, man. Like, I'm just going Dashing. all over the place. Yeah. Because like, that's why I'm, I'm just trying to, like, you know... Like I said, like figure out the the place that I want to be and figure out the place that I don't want them to put me in. Totally, basically. that makes um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because if you're like cornered against Mika, like if you're like constantly walking yourself into a gr- against Mika, like you're you're goofing up. Yeah, man. And if you're, you're and if you're full screen against uh, a Dalsim. Manat yeah. or a Manat or a Dalsim, you did something wrong. Right. So you gotta avoid. Um. So next thing I want to do is you you're also like a very uh honest person with yourself in terms of like why you lose and like what you need to evaluate and i think that's why you keep getting better and better than you win things like nec and you also like take a lot of like top players like to the like to the end like when you're like you know you beat kava at our local ones yeah yeah you, you cooked chris g once yeah you, you, you defeated rob tv and there's like all these other players that you definitely like bring the heat to um but there are also sometimes some people that just like bring the smoke to you and then you end up losing but i think you instead of just being like oh i lost this sucks you're like I think I know I need to change. So I'm pulling up a couple of losses that you've had some against some like bigger players. And I see I want to see if one, if you remember that loss and like maybe why you lost and what did you learn from that experience and how has that affected your gameplay? Sure. All right, sweet. So first one is you played against Gamer B at ECT oh, back in yeah. 2018, which is, you know, back back in September. So what do you remember about that loss and what did you have to adjust to? Um, what, what did you adjust in your game plan? I remember that match like very vividly, um, and that was when I was still sort of figuring out the Cami matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I I do remember like the the key thing against Gamer B, and like this is what happens when you play against pl- players that are just at a caliber you're never used to. Is mm-hmm. he'll, they'll just do things that you're just like, wait, you can just do that every time. So like every time, like normally I'm playing Urian, I have this little crouch medium punch, it's a really good button. You can kind of just throw it out, mm-hmm. and usually I'm the like, elbow, right? A little elbow. Yeah. Like, All right, I'll just throw that out there. You know, just you know having some fun here. Um, <laughs> again, not, not, not against Gamer B, <laughs> yeah. And like you throw that out, hundred percent. Uh, with punish rate, one hundred percent. So I was like, I can't press this button at all now. Um, right. There was nothing I could do. So then I was like sitting there, like, what do I do? Um, and so like I, I really, I really had to like, you know, it was a close match. Like I took like a game off of him, and like the rounds were usually pretty close. Mm-hmm. But um, it definitely like made me reevaluate how to play that match. Um, because it's it's not an easy matchup, but. Mm-hmm. I, I have thought about that match a lot in terms of how I uh, approach Cami and like how uh, normally like um. With Urian, you kind of have to be charging a lot. He's like a charge character. Mm-hmm. But against Cammy, you kind of have to be moving forward a lot, mm. which arguably with him isn't like as strong, right? Because if you move forward, you lose your charge, so I can't even do any special moves. Right. Um, but it's important to, to do that, and that's what I realized like, against Cammy, you, you have to do that more, is like pretty much pretend you're not a charge character against mm. Cammy. Yeah, so um, you'd be okay with losing the charge because you don't want to get... You have to be okay with losing the charge, and then just hope you... Get, like, once you get a hit, you get a knockdown, then you can start doing some stuff. Right. Um, that's, ta- that's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's a difficult matchup. But, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot a lot from that. And Gamer B is a nice guy. He's a really oh, yeah, nice he's, guy. I, I, he was one of my, like, favorite Street Fighter Four players. I was always rooting for him whenever he played, like, Adon or things like that. I was like, I need Gamer B to win. He was, like, such a wholesome guy. He had, like, always his wife was on, like, off yep. on the stage. I'm like, come on, Gamer B, let's go, Bruce. <laughs> and then he, like, that year, was it uh, Evo 2015, 14, where he got, like, third place. He, like, lost to... Um, 
Infiltration or Momochi, I think. Oh, I remember that year. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like really rooting for him. And then that was the, the dreaded year where then Momochi had the stick disconnect. Yeah, yeah. I Ooh, remember that. What a year! <laughs> um, right, next game uh, was you played against Shine recently at NLBC. Oh, at, I got cooked. You got cooked. It was really bad. Yeah, what happened? Um, he came in hot. <laughs> and I, and uh, I came in cold. Okay. Um, he was just. I think. Okay. Like, I think if I played Shine more, I wouldn't get it cooked as bad. Like, I almost don't really have any notes from that match. He's got. He's got slams so got, hard. I just got destroyed, man. Oh man. I got really. It was really bad. Um, but Shine is insane. Yeah. He's a really talented guy. Um, that matchup uh, is something like I thought I knew well, but like I said, it's like you play someone and they're just. He was just one step ahead of me, and he, mm-hmm. like I said, he, he came in hot, man. And sometimes in Street Fighter Five, that's all you need, and you just need to come in hot. Right, you have like some good momentum from like a previous win, or it's like that day, yeah, you know, something in like, the air. That's always what I say. Yeah, exactly. Like I always say, Street Fighter Five. It's like a lot of times, it's like how you feeling today. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling good, you beat Daigo. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's just that type of game. Totally. All right. Fair enough. All right. So next one, it's, it's a little twofer. Um, you lost to a while and Jugumaru at Red Bull Conquest. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was watching that stream. I was like rooting for you, yeah. and then you got caught up in some Chun Li stuff, and then I forgot what Jugumaru played. But um, well, yeah, he plays Bison. He but, plays um, Bison. That's what yeah. It was. No, I thought about both of those matches a lot. Actually, immediately after that tournament, I hit them both up to play, and mm-hmm. like the and I ended up doing like way better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. When it comes to Chun Li, I had never really played a Chun Li like at his level, I guess. Right, especially ever since she's fallen off since season one. Like no one's yeah. really playing her anymore. Yeah, for sure. And then so then like I sort of adjusted my my strategies, and I just it, like there's just small things like again like in that matchup, like I was getting hit too many times. Like she has this little hop kick move, mm-hmm. and I realized he was abusing that hop kick move a lot. Right. And so since it has a lot of recovery on whiff, I would just you could just neutral jump and then hit it when it when it whiffs. Gotcha. Um, and against Jug, one of the main counters was he was so uh, tendon. He really would go for the um, like the stand fierce a lot in neutral, and so right. I, was, I just kept getting hit by it. So that was one of the things like, okay, I'll just stand outside of stand fierce. And he also would do like Bison has the devil reverse thing where he goes in the air and he flies and he like does the credit card swipe at you. Um, <laughs> I've so never heard like, that one before. Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I know the move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to not get hit by that. Right. That's a, and that's like a, a move that like can get abused if you don't know how to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And gotcha. so like I said, I played them more after and and uh, did a lot better. Nice, cool. So, last question I have for you: not a game, but based on the players of the local scene, who do you feel like you learn the most regularly playing against? Um, Zaffirino. Zaffirino. Yeah. Why is that? Because uh, Zaff is always like trying to come up with new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and another player I would have said was up to snuff, but he's not here anymore. But uh, mm-hmm. definitely Zaffirino because a lot of players I play here, I play them. And then I play them next week, and I play them the next week, and I feel like I'm playing the same match. And it's mm-hmm. like I almost don't even have to think because I'm so used to them. Zafarino, mm-hmm. every time I play him, he's like a different person. Mm. Um, because he's like, oh, this didn't work. I'll try this, and I'll try this now. Huh, you think that's fun? Yeah, I'll try this. And then I like that. And so he'll always come up with something different, um, which is which is fun to play against. Because oh, I, yeah. I never know what's going to happen when I play against Zaf. And like I played him, I just played him at the monthly this past weekend. Mm-hmm. He picked Birdie. It's like, okay. Oh, he picked Birdie? Well, then he picked Sagat again, but. Yeah. Right. That's so crazy. Like, I didn't expect that one. So you never know what you're going to get with that guy. That's fun, though. But even even outside from character picks, he just has like a, a way of approaching neutral that is always fresh each, each yeah, time. He's, yeah, he's a very much like an innovator. Like everything you do, you feel like it's like Zaffirino TM or whatever. Right. It's like, you feel like he <laughs> came up with it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do I do appreciate him and all the stuff that he does because he's a very... I. That's what I would do in Marvel 3 is I have very, like, distinct things that I would do. Like, mm-hmm. that is my, like, I know that point. Like, that's how I would, like, challenge that's the that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate that mentality. Sweet. So thank you for indulging me in all of that. It's a cool 
way to sort of see what's going on in your mind because sometimes you just see the Urian you just see swinging that chop. Fierce. Yeah, that's all that you know what? Honestly, you know what? Cut everything I just said. That's all it is, man. It's just it's just the stand fierce. Stand fierce, crouch medium kick into V trigger. That's all it is, man. And that's all that's you need. That's all it is. Sweet. So thank you so much. So we're <laughs> at the end of our show. I'm super sad because I've been enjoying my time talking to you, but we do have to wrap things up before the classical music fades in. Okay. So before we wrap things up, do you have any final shout outs that you want to give to anybody potentially listening or might be tuning in in our uploads in the future? Um, well, I'm going to have to give a shout out to Luke Nunches because he gave me a shout out. So oh, much, yeah. Much respect. I give you a shout out back. And then uh, I got to give a shout out to Lucky D because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't for him. I wouldn't be here. So mm-hmm. much love to Lucky D. Nice. Sweet. Well, thank you very much, Burkish. So that is our show for the day. All shows will be uploaded pretty regularly to SoundCloud and Spotify, so you can always check out the the archives there. So if you're listening and maybe want to share it with somebody or listen again, here maybe you missed earlier part of the show, you can definitely tune in there. But with that being said, I'm going to fade you all out. Thank you all. We are going to be getting we're going to be coming back again next week from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. We have the wonderful Rasan. Fem's going to be on the show next week, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you, everybody, and here comes the classical music. <laughs>